actually. Welcome to the On My Way podcast. I'm your, I'm your host, Pernell Bills. And uh, today we got another, well, we have a Jacksonville native, uh, Jesse Williams, uh, mm-hmm. also alum of the University of West Florida, the prestigious University of West Florida. And uh, he's coming to break down some financial literacy. Um, I know, and the black community just in general, that's something that is starting to be talked about a lot more uh, from mm-hmm. the younger generation, which I consider us the young generation compared to oh, yeah. uh, the generation before us. Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't really get too much financial tips other than save your money, just save your money. Stocks, yeah. that, w- that wasn't a thing. It was either yeah. save your money and play football because that's going to get you some money. <laughs> that was the oh, rule yeah. of thumb. So, first of all, how did you get started in in in, in finance overall? I mean, your your your, your platform is it's make sure I got this right. Make sure I got this right because I don't want to say it wrong. But make sure I got this right. <laughs> Liberate your wallet. Liberate your wallet. Catchy name for one. But how oh, yeah. did you get how did you get started with uh, in 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 finance overall? Yeah. Uh, so I actually got started in finance. Um, at the University of uh, West Florida, I was originally a computer science major. I took an econ class with Dr. Hawkins, <laughs> realized that computer science is not something that I'm passionate about. And it's in fact, finance and just knowing about what's going on in the economy and the industry that that's what drove me. And, uh, it, it really linked to my childhood and how I was brought up and whatnot. So I, I really felt called to do finance in that regard. Well, finance. Once I took that course. Ah, uh, so who was your like you said your childhood? Who was your kind of like your guiding force when it came to finance overall? Poverty. Uh. So poverty was my guiding force. <laughs> um, so for me, I, what really is at the root of it, um, I felt like there was a lack of education that my parents had, and it's no fault to them. Uh, I mean. To some degree, you know, we have to take, we have to grow up and learn things, but it's no fault for them. Their parents didn't learn, so on and so forth. There's a lot going on in these communities um, and financial literacy is just not at the forefront of everyone's mind. So, I mean, because of that, uh, we were just poor, living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, We lost our house, um, had to stay in a one bedroom apartment with four or five different individuals. So sleeping on the floor in high school, um, and I know that if we would have just handled our finances better, that our situation financially could have, we could have been in a better place. I wouldn't have had to take out as many loans as I did for school, um, and so on and so forth. So that's driving forces, not wanting to live in poverty and wanting to save other individuals from going through that as well. Although you had years with your uh, with your family and whatnot, were you good with money as a as a kid? Because I have a friend, and he was great with money, and I could mm-hmm. I could notice it immediately. And he's also really good with money now. Were you one who was really good with money even as a kid? Well, I never had money at the time to be good with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't until I got to college and I you know started working and you know I had my own money and I had my own income and I had to manage it in order to pay the bills. Um, to go out on Thursday nights to Seville and whatnot. So it wasn't until that I had already established myself as an adult, you know, adult in college, Mm -hmm. um, that I really had a true experience with money. And that's when, you know, it became, you know, true to me, it became real, was at the forefront of my mind. 
So I'd say if you count that, then yes, I, I think I've always been pretty good with money. In college, was there any, like, was it more of a trial and error or was it let me study some more and then try these different strategies to kind of help improve the way I handle my money? Uh, I mean, it was definitely trial and error. Uh, I mean, I had a lot to learn. I still have a lot to learn. Um, you know, you just always want to be learning and growing and having an open mind to the things that's around you. But uh, I had to try things out. I had to buy stocks and fail on them and to know what I didn't like and to know what fundamentals I should take and so on and so forth. I had to know that, hey, I can't go out on a Thursday night and buy, you know, every one of my friends alcohol or whatnot because that's just not a good financial decision. So it's, it's trial and error. And at the same time, my, my frontal lobe wasn't fully developed. So <laughs> there was some growing that had to occur as well. Through, through, your, through your stocks journey, because uh, mm-hmm. I, I know my very first one was Robin Hood, jumping into Robin, Robin Hood. Hood yeah. And it was kind of like walking through the hall or walking through school and just looking at my phone like, I'm going to jump in here. Not looking at no no type of analytics, no no charts, no nothing. Just that sounds mm-hmm. good. That sounds good. What stock was kind of like your teacher when it came down to it? Because I know for sure there are a few mm-hmm. stocks for me that became immediate teachers of you can lose all your money in this, but also you can gain it back. It takes time, but also find the companies that not only that you like, but you like the people who are also in it and you can see it as something for the future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say I didn't lose a ton of money on any of the stocks per se. I would say I missed out on opportunities. So a big one uh, was one at home. At home is a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a DIY killer, and I sold it too early. Um, I could have easily made out over $20,000 had I held, but as soon as I saw First Light, I took the profits and I ran. And when I look back, you know, a year or so, maybe not even a year, like six or seven months later, and I saw that this the stock had gone up an additional 40 50% from what it was when I sold it, I was sick. <laughs> Like I was sick. Like I'm still sick to this day. Like I'll look at it and I'm like, I can't believe I made that dumb decision. That's why they say you buy it and you set it and forget it. You find your phone, uh, your your core stock, and if nothing in the market changes, continue throwing your money into it each week or anytime you get paycheck uh, and dollar cost average it out and and just leave it at that. And because I had to learn that the hard way, I missed out on a big opportunity. Twenty thousand dollars is gone. Ah uh, man, uh, I. I don't know if you know about this stock. Is uh, this thing is like Nvidia. Oh, I know Nvidia. So, <laughs> so my my early years on Robinhood and uh, uh-huh. a few of our, a few of my friends. Uh, and you, I, I I don't know if you know Reggie. Reggie uh, Reggie. Watkins. Oh, I know Reggie. Yeah, Reggie so Watkins. That's my boy. He was, you know, we were, we were all together in this, and we kind of just picked this one stock. We bought like a hundred shares of it, right? Just because yeah. it was it was at the time it was it was like pennies. It was literally yeah. pennies. Yeah. And uh, we jumped in it. Happy as I don't know what. And so the time period where we were like, we're going to really get focused on how to mm-hmm. do stocks. We got out of it because it was it was cash in there and it hadn't yeah. moved yet. Yeah. I tell you not. It was <laughs> January 2020, right before mm-hmm. COVID decided to, uh, to start off and go off. And it went from, and it, it was like a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Again, we sold it like four months earlier, but we had held it since like 2017. 
Yeah. Oh, so you had that for a minute. Oh man, because it didn't move. It didn't move, and it it shot up to like ninety eight dollars or a hundred dollars, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me?" And it was just we all kind of walked away of that, and it's like, you know what? We're gonna make sure we hold on to the stocks that we believe in, no matter what happened, because it it will always it will go back up. It's just gonna take some time. It takes definitely takes patience. Yeah. How would you? tell somebody to, to even get into the market or not even just in the market financially prepare themselves for opportunities because even with the the, the crash they're set, expecting to happen with their recession and things like that there are times where like in 2008 if you were prepared or had enough money on the side mm-hmm. you took full advantage of that that downturn from buying yeah. properties and different things like that and now if you look what 15 16 years later i might be over overselling it here on that on that oh, time man. frame uh, if you look at it now, those individuals are, are really wealthy, but oh, yeah. again, they were prepared for it. How would you tell someone to be prepared for not only just the recession, but to build their money up for that moment? Yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, my best, the, the best advice I can give to someone who is facing a recession is to become financially sound. That means building your emergency fund. That means taking care of your money and giving yourself a budget, giving every dollar a job, paying off any debt. Because in times of recession, most of the time, debt becomes super expensive because interest rates are super high. And, you know, high interest debt is a robber of wealth. So it's taking care of yourself so that you can then start having money to set aside to take advantage of these opportunities. So the first step is just becoming financially sound. If you don't have that, then you don't have a shot to become rich or take advantage of these opportunities. Once you do that, then, you know, the sky's the limit. There are so many opportunities out there. You just have to, you know, become knowledgeable on your industry or whatever you want to invest in or whatever opportunity you see, and then put your money towards that. So that's, that's my step one. If you can't take care of step one, don't even talk to me about step two. So getting into step one, one of the strategies I saw was the 50, 30, 20 um, rule. And I think it's like, it, it sounds like maybe one of the, the simple steps to, to building that, that emergency fund. If you put your things into the, into the, the right section, I saw that you said automate your, uh, oh, yeah. automate oh, your yeah. income. How, ex- explain that process. Yeah. So 50, 30, 20, uh, first of all, there, there are millions of ways to budget. For me, I narrowed it down to 50, 30, 20, because as a teacher and teaching others on financial literacy, I feel like that is the easiest to digest. That's the easiest for someone to pick up on and for them to quickly implement into their system. So that's why I go with the 50, 30, 20. And as far as it goes with automating your finances, it's going to your bank, calling them up or going to your job, calling them up and saying, hey, when I get paid, I want you to divvy out my paycheck. 50% goes to my essentials, 30% goes to my um, uh, things I want, and 20% goes towards my savings. And that automation keeps the human error out because as humans, we're going to want to do things and we're going to want to like uh, manipulate our money. So say, for example, I don't want to save 20% this week. I want to save 10% and I want to put an additional 10% to my uh, uh, things you want category. Well, that's taken away from your savings. So if we just have things automated and it automatically does it for us, it 
it keeps us true and it keeps us from getting in our own way. That makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. Okay. Definitely makes sense. Um, I actually used the fi- the, the 50, 30, 20 uh, once I got out of college. Oh, and oh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was at first, it was kind of like I was trying to do it on my own. And yeah. uh, I, I looked up and I was like, man, what is this 50, 30, 20 strategy? And so mm-hmm. I, I started implementing it. And I, I it, within maybe a month, I saw mm-hmm. the change. I saw the difference. Oh, yeah. And it's like the baby steps to, to again, financial, financially setting yourself up for, again, the opportunities when they come. Because, you yeah. know, if, if an opportunity is there right now, you may not be ready for it, but you can oh, yeah. always prepare for, for the next one. How, mm-hmm. how did you actually start, you know, your, your platform? Like, what made you really start diving into it? What made you kind of like, let me, let me be the, the, the guy who can, who can explain to the world how to do this in, in, in a simpler way. Uh, Cause I know a lot of people like to tell it in a, in a, the technicals and things like that, but you break it down into the simplest form to anyone can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this can be a long winded answer, but uh, to start with it, um, I have years and years of experience. I wouldn't say years and years because I'm still fresh out of college, <laughs> but I do have more experience and knowledge uh, I have a wealth of experience and knowledge and finance and just working in corporate finance that I feel like I could pass down to individuals who don't have that same background. Uh, another thing is I feel like I'm relatable. Like I'm just like you, you're just like me. You feel me? I don't, I come from humble beginnings. I still talk rough. I, you know, I, I'm still rough around the edges. So what I'm showing individuals is, Hey, if you follow me and you truly follow the steps the way I do it, I can lead you to becoming financially free. Um, and then uh, the funniest thing is uh, what really got me started on my platform was I was pissed off one day that I had to buy my dog dog food. Um, <laughs> and and I, I went on a rant on my other Instagram, El Jefe 904. And I was just going off and saying, oh, like, if you're not financially ready for a dog or whatnot, then they can cripple you and they can put you behind. And I was getting a lot of engagement from my followers and whatnot. And this is already something that I'm super passionate about. I already had the liberate your wallet situation set up. I just didn't know when to pull the trigger. So once I, you know, that just started a, in a, a, a domino effect. I started posting more, more individuals said, Hey, you should probably put this on another Instagram. I went ahead and did it. And you know, the rest is history. Obviously we're still very new, but I, I have a feeling that this thing could take off at any moment. So. Was there any type of fear in, in, in just jumping out there and doing that? I mean, yeah. I mean, with anything, there there's fear. And uh, this is the thing that I'm passionate about. So there's a lot of fear that comes with it because this is my passion. So what if I fail at my passion? But on the other side of fear is freedom. You know, so what if I succeed? What? Why not me? Why can't I be the one to succeed and lead millions of people to financially uh, to financial freedom? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I looked at it. And that's where I conquer my fear every day. Well, you're in Jacksonville and I don't know about you, but my first semester out of uh, first semester in college. So we're going mm-hmm. into the winter break and I go back home. And before mm-hmm. I left Jacksonville, I didn't feel like there was any opportunities in Jacksonville. I was like, man, there's nothing here. And mm-hmm. although I had family there and also I've been raised there, mm-hmm. I didn't see the value. But in one semester, just being in, again, taking the business courses and, and mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody opening my eyes to what opportunity truly looks like. When I went back home, 
it was almost mm-hmm. like an immediate change where I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I see this, I see that. Had was that the same thing for you when you when you got back home to Jacksonville? Uh I wouldn't that's a good question. I would say thinking back, I would say that I felt like I was limited in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Um and I had to go to a bigger city or come back home to this bigger city because of the the opportunities that are here. I just feel like Florida in general is just very open for business and it's very ripe. Uh, and I think just real estate alone um, or just owning a lawn company, just like easily, you know, things you can easily get your feet wet in. Florida is like open to it. Like you can go start a lawn service business or a pool service business and you can be successful if you follow the right fundamentals. So I've always had the mindset that opportunities there and I don't necessarily think that I have a victim mindset around things mm-hmm. where I think that the world's against me or there's, there's uh, no opportunities around me. You can, you can make it do what, you know, somebody can take your situation and they can body it. So mm-hmm. why not take your situation and body it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that, that's just the way I think. So I, I like to keep that and take that approach. Have you had any mentors along your journey uh, of in college, out of college, even before college? Uh, mentors, I would say, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I feel like pain and poverty for me has been the biggest teacher in all of this. Um, but there have been individuals who have, uh, you know, my father-in-law, he, he's more financially sound than most people in, uh, you know, talking to him and, you know, going back and forth on our conversations. I've learned a lot from him, uh, you know, Bob Kimball at the University of West Florida. Hello, he, Bob. he was really good. Uh, and same with Dr. Hawkins. Uh, so just just three guys who've been there who have a different experience, who aren't a part of, you know, our background, our culture. Mm-hmm. So they're raised a little differently. And that just opened my mind and showed me, hey, you know, there's, there's opportunities here. Um, we don't have to be limited to the circumstances that we are faced with. What is something that you're kind of looking into in, into investing? How do you see the future of not only Jacksonville, but industries overall financially? Uh, I mean, my next investment, personally, uh, my wife and I are expecting a child within days now. Hey. So my next investment is to just increase our territories. That means buying more properties or just a single property and get, you know, stop paying for an apartment uh, that we can then flip and rent out. So that's step one for us. And the biggest part of my platform is I'm still young in this. Like, you're going to see me grow and achieve these things that I say I'm going to do. And I think that's where a lot of that um, following is going to come from. And knowing that this guy is in a similar situation as I am, and he's able to do this, why why, why not me? Um, and as far as industries go, I think right now uh, stocks are – it's a great time to be buying stocks right now, but the market is down um, big time uh, with, with inflation rising and um, interest rates increasing, you know, investors are scared to put their money in the market. So you got all these blue chip stocks that are well, I mean, that are fundamentally sound companies that are down, you know, 30, 40% from their 52 week high. So um, I think for stocks, it's a great time to be purchasing for real estate, um, I don't really know. Uh, I don't know where real estate is going to end up. I think to some degree we're going to have a balance 
um, where initially we had low interest rates and skyrocketing prices. Now we're going to see the opposite side of that, where we have high interest rates and lower prices. So there's an equilibrium. Um, and I think there's going to be some balance with that. But I think that'll be over five or six years mm -hmm. uh, that we're going to see that with real estate, just because it moves slower than the stock market. I know it's uh, it's been kind of unprecedented to see this type of yeah. money growth in, in the U.S., not even just the U.S., maybe the, just the world in general. It's been mm -hmm. unprecedented seeing this type of climb. And, you know, for me, stacking up on, on some money because I'm, I'm hoping to buy my very first property as well. Oh, yeah. uh, it, you know, and that's, that's kind of like been the biggest thing for me, just, you mm -hmm. know, getting that first property out the way, whether it's an Airbnb later on or it's just our overall just rental property. Um, I see that wealth is mostly generated a lot of times through through um, through real estate. One of the guys I kind of look, though, outside of real estate is Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. uh, and he talks about reading so much. And mm -hmm. just reading so many books per day, so many pages per day. And are there any books that you kind of get yourself worked up on and, and, and kind of locked in on when trying to either improve on what you do already or just on a normal day-to-day -day basis? Uh, so this one was a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't read any financial books because I feel like a lot of it is uh, it, I feel like a lot of it is air. Mm -hmm. um, and then they give you, you know, 10% of it is actual knowledge that you can use. Um, so I would say I spend most of my time researching investors such as, uh, you know, Warren Buffett and whatnot and, and thinking of the fundamentals that they took in order to achieve the success that they have and um, have or had and doing it that way or listening to podcasts or just getting my information or, or firsthand I am in finance um, mm -hmm. so I'm learning in the corporate world firsthand as things occur so I probably know what's going on in an industry before other people are affected by it so I feel like I have that first move advantage mm -hmm. and that is and seeing how the executives around me and you know I'm around a lot of rich people and seeing how <laughs> they think and how they move um, helps me to better tailor my finance strategy and it helps me uh, learn overall i mean over time i i, I do i too do the same take the same principles as well mm -hmm. um i'm in the logistics field and so just like oh, you said yeah oh yeah man just like you said what about you know you get to see what's going on in the industry maybe before most people uh even oh, yeah. catches on that's kind of like like me as well we we had like four five six meetings yesterday man it was just constant back to back <laughs> to back and it yeah. got to the point was like, man, I'm tr I'm trying to go home. Yeah. I'm trying to go home. And, you know, for what I do, you know, the things that I move may not seem very significant in just the, in the grand scheme of the world or whatnot, but the other businesses that we work with in order to get things going mm -hmm. is, it's crazy. But it also, yeah. there's another part of me that tells me eventually you can run your own business. Oh yeah. Using using oh, yeah. the supply chain. Is that something that you consider as well running your doing your own business, uh financial business or you know, just to kind of uh obviously I guess you could say have an entity of your own that's not just uh yeah. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the way I think. Um I'm very entrepreneur entrepreneurial <laughs> minded. Um I feel like at some point I'm gonna come to a crossroads crossroads in my career i feel like i'm advancing at a good rate 
Uh, but at some point, I'm going to get to a point where I'm like, I need to generate real wealth. And I can't necessarily get that through, uh, you know, a nine to five. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I, you know, maybe I could. I don't know what the future holds. Only God does. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like, yeah, no, I, I do feel like um, I will one day take that step. And that's kind of what I want to do with uh, my platform now is to take it and then help individuals at a rate, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make it something of my own. I I completely understand. It's it's uh, the entrepreneurial spirit overall is uh, is for one is a daunting one. I actually jumped out there uh, before mm-hmm. I went and snagged this job that I'm with now with Fanatics, and yeah. uh, I jumped out there for a few months. I realized you know maybe my little nest egg that I had saved up wasn't enough. That was mm-hmm. that was the first thing I realized. <laughs> uh, two. I didn't know enough about my industry. Although I had been in it for a minute, there was more that I needed to learn. And so right. where I am now, even just the meetings I have, and Ian, I got another meeting tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. 7 a.m., bright and early, knocking it out. Oh yeah. And it's also about just overall, just the industry. Mm-hmm. And from, but the, what I've seen is that the nine to five, just working the nine to five, uh, although it may not create that great wealth, you know, it does help set a platform or set a, a foundation for you to make even more. Uh, how does one make themselves more valuable to their company though? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, making yourself valuable to your company, is, it's not a hard thing. It's, it's going an extra mile. It's doing your boss's job. You say, Hey boss, you know, whoever he is, whoever she is, what can I take off your plate this week? How can I do what more can I do to make this company or help this department go further? And it's just putting yourself in the position and doing the things before they even uh, think of them. You know, so if you start handling your business that way and they start looking at you as a star employee, in the event of a recession, they're not going to want to let you go. Or if they do let you go, you're going to be the first person to call them back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's doing your boss's job. I can't stress that enough. If you do your boss's job enough and you make their life as easy as possible, they're going to want to keep you around because no bosses don't really like to work. <laughs> That's true. So if you are taking their, if you're just helping them out in any degree, uh, I think, I think they're for it. You're, you have a challenge though. That's oh, going that? on the $10,000 challenge. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. T- tell me about that challenge. I've read up on it, but tell tell the people who's 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 checking this out. What is the yeah. ten thousand dollar challenge? So I mean, the ten thousand dollar challenge uh, that Liberate Your Wallet is doing is I took fifty two weeks out of the year and I broke down how much you should be saving on a weekly basis in order to have ten thousand dollars at the end of the year. This challenge is to hold other individuals accountable as I'm going through it as well. So like. I'm going to go through it with these individuals. As I save $10,000, I want you to be, I want us to be step by step. I want us to do the thing together. I want us to all succeed because I'm not about just storing wealth for myself. If I know I can do something and help other people succeed, I'm going to do it. Um, so a lot of that is geared towards helping other people do it. And at the same time, um, um, you know, I feel like not a lot of people have seen $10,000 before. So if, if you save up $10,000, one, mentally, that, that, that opens up so many doors for you that, that makes you start seeing things differently. 
you you start seeing opportunities around you. Two, it frees up your money. I mean, you have ten thousand dollars to invest in yourself, invest invest in your business, or invest in stocks, real estate, whatever you need to do. For me personally, that money is just going to go towards purchasing a new house. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for helping people, man. And if if that if this is what I got to do to hold hands to get people to do it, I'm gonna do it, man. I don't mind. How does your family, you know, kind of embrace that that challenge or whatnot? Not not only just the challenge, your financial knowledge. Um, when you came back home to Jackson, how did your how has your family embraced that? That uh, I would say the the adult version of you compared to the the son they saw, you know, go off to college. <laughs> well, I would say it's, it's they recognize my efforts and they understand to some degree, but my family they don't necessarily do the things that I like to, I would uh, consider to be the right thing when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe holding off on purchasing something or shoes or cars or what, whatever it may be. They'd rather spend now and whatnot. So I wouldn't say that they've truly embraced it. Um, and that's just a lot, you know, mindset and, you know, upbringing and whatnot. But you know it's i think it's you know who who knows 10 15 years from now i I think it is tough you know i've also expressed certain things to my to my mother as well about things that Mm -hmm. can be changed or whatnot uh one of the things i i stumbled upon was uh um how to fix my credit and Uh i stumbled upon it one day well one month and uh, my credit was down Mm -hmm. but i had started you know, I had some extra cash on my own, and I was like mm-hmm. in my on my card or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, this is after I done my breakdowns or whatever, and I just started throwing some money into to, you know, paying off my credit cards. And just yeah, I may put like thirty dollars here because like it's just mm-hmm. sitting there, or I may you know have my money doing something. I didn't want to just sit yeah. there. Yeah, and this is after all the you know the savings things are are put are put away, and just somehow like that next month when it was like oh your credit report has come out or your credit has you know and it jumped up like 70 points i was like hold on i was like what did i do Mm -hmm. and i went back and i saw i had made multiple payments in that month and so Mm -hmm. when it had you know i guess recorded it it updated as i've made these multiple payments and it you know it did it like did my uh my amount dropped significantly it Mm -hmm. didn't but I guess it's because I was showing that the initiative just to pay for it or pay it off, it decided to to drop in. So I, that first time I did it, I was mm-hmm. all right, cool. <laughs> but this the the next time I got a chance to do it, I uh, I found I was like, you know what? Let's see if this actually works. If I got mm-hmm. the concept and I did it again, did it so well that because mm-hmm. again I was in Georgia before uh, moving to Tampa, and uh-huh. I did it so well. Mm-hmm. That my credit jumped up over two hundred points. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, it, we love to see it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and yeah, and it was over. It was over a few months, and it jumped up significantly to the point where you know I was looking for a house in Georgia. Yeah, and uh, this is this is right when everything's about to shoot off. Everybody's about to. Mm-hmm. Every house is five hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, man, uh-huh. you know, I I was I was hurt on that end, but I was happy because my realtor, and as nice as she was, she she. The lender and everything else, they saw my credit and they saw like my stock investments and everything mm-hmm. like that. And they came back and told me, they said, they're like, wow, how old are you? And I was like, um, 
26, about to turn 27. And they were like, man, your credit, your finances is great. I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> really? And so I was like, okay, so now I know how to do this. And I know just the steps to take to do that. Yeah. What was a secret before that you kind of stumbled upon uh, either financially or just in life in general? A secret that I stumbled upon. Um, financially, a secret that I stumbled upon is knowing the right people, or it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, I felt like, I feel like still to this day, I wouldn't be in the position that I am, that I'm in now, or have had the opportunities that I have if it weren't for the individuals that I've come across in my life and knowing I, you know, knowing individuals and being such an outspoken person and, you know, going the extra mile and like reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, hello, how are you? You know, whatnot. And building that relationship because you never know five, 10 years from now, Hey, Jesse, uh, I got this opportunity on this new investment property. You want to go in with me? I got 500,000. You put up an extra 500. Let's make some work, you know, stuff like that. So, just knowing who you're dealing with and understanding that, you know, anyone you come, come across could potentially help change your life for the better. And, you know, you have to invest in those relationships. So what is something that you would tell just the audience in general, on if you are a kid coming out mm -hmm. of college or coming out, not even say college, coming out of high mm -hmm. school, because nowadays you're hearing more and more. It's like, hey, you don't have to go to college to do, you know, to do X, Y and Z. You know, mm -hmm. I, I believe college has been tremendous for me because I, was, I wasn't as outgoing as I am now or being <laughs> as open as I am now. The things I've done in college, I'm shocked that I even accomplished those things in college, you know, yeah. compared to the person I was when I went into college. What are some things you would tell an individual when they're first getting into college and they're in the same situation you were? So basically you mm -hmm. coming straight into college, what would you tell yourself? Coming straight into college? I would say... One, enjoy yourself. Two, build relationships. The amount of people that you come across in college, it's crazy. You're not going to have a situation where you're in contact with that amount of people in your life. Mm -hmm. you, you know, at least when you can do something with it. In the elementary school, high school and whatnot, you're not necessarily thinking on that level. But in college, you have all these individuals, all these entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, all these different industries that you're around that you can leverage if you just sit down, talk to a person, speak to them and say, hello, how are you, whatnot, and just cultivate that relationship over time. But at the same time, go out and enjoy yourself because college is an experience like no other. Don't be at home, um, you know, on a Friday night or whatnot. Go spend time with your friends. Go enjoy yourself um, because life gets real after college. And at the same time, practice having financial control, like just have control through college. Like, don't overindulge when you don't need to. Uh, get yourself a secure credit card and build up your credit over time and do it in a way that makes sense and not out of, out of panic. Um, and just building that mindset as you go through college. And I think that those are some of the best tips that I could give based on my experience. I got you. So on my way in the podcast and whatnot, we mm -hmm. are, let's say, our episodes are about 35, 45 minutes long. So we are coming okay. to we're coming towards the end. But okay. One thing I would say is this. Mm -hmm. 
I'm, well, not only am I excited that you came on to the show, mm-hmm. but from, you're from Jacksonville. One thing oh, yeah. I always say is Duval excellence. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, and it's serious to me because I, it wasn't too many people that coming out of school that I can kind of say like, man, back at home, this person, you know, told me X, Y, and Z outside of the normal things that things that happened in Jacksonville, you know, and mm-hmm. I definitely know how, how dangerous Jacksonville was when I was growing up. Oh yeah. So, and it, it became kind of like a refuge to get it. It's like, I got to get out of here. Right. Yeah. But now my thing is when I do invest, do start to get more and more money, my goal is to give to give back. And the thing that you're doing here with Liberate Your Wallet is giving back. And I, I definitely applaud you because, again, man, Duval Excellence is something that I, I, I honestly, every graduation I've gone to and I've seen mm-hmm. somebody from Jacksonville, I've been, if I've been there, I always mm-hmm. say Duval Excellence. Oh, yeah. I always say it, like Duval Excellence. And everybody who, who's from Jacksonville, they notice it. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different type of spirit. But I, again, I want to thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on to the show. Um, because on my way is all about the journey and mm-hmm. every step you take can be different from the one before. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you got anything else to say, well, I'd say, uh, thank you for having me, man. Uh, I definitely see on my way podcast. You definitely going somewhere. This is a very smooth and easy, uh, podcast. Like there wasn't any bumps or anything. I felt like it was very smooth. I think you did a great job. This, this is a, this is a great experience. Thank you for having me, man.